Spin Run, the RPG talk show podcast. Welcome to Drink Spin Run, an RPG talk show. This is part two of our discussion with Ripley and Mike and Adam and I, myself. I'm Don Stroud. Uh, my lovely co-host, Adam Miscavich, will now Howdy, be... Don. How you doing? You okay? He'll be giving the you reins. Right? You there? <laughs> Tell us about... Okay, so since... You went ahead and started counting down and everything. Tell us about this fruit because we got. Oh, hear. you don't you don't know about the pawpaw? Well, no, yeah. I, I think I've had one All before, right. but just tell us about your fruit. All right. I'll tell you about my fruit. Uh, my friend has this pawpaw tree, and pawpaws are, I mean, they're like the Michigan fruit, right? They're like, oh yeah, it's a wild yeah, fruit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it, it looks there's a like, city in Michigan yeah, named after it. And it yeah. looks like custard, but it kind of tastes like a banana made it with an apple. Sometimes you get a little coconut. Sometimes you get a little onion. It's weird. Yeah. Weird. I don't think I've ever had one, honestly. Really? I just know that they exist. Which is weird because, like, you know, um, I do like the amateur mycology, you know, the mushroom hunting oh, yeah. thing and, you know, like some of that foraging stuff. And I, I've never found pawpaws. Well, anywhere. they're good for, like, two or three days and then they're just garbage. Like so many fruit. Yeah. All right. Like, yeah, I guess. So much like fruit that grows on the vine. (laughs) That was deep, dude. Yeah, right? (laughs) We're here today to talk about do-it-yourself gaming. Um, And to this end, I have assembled a panel of keen do-it-yourself minds uh, from the Hubris Campaign and Wrath of Zabi Wow, I can't talk. (laughs) From the hubris campaign setting and the Wrath of Zombie blog, we have Mike Evans. Mike, how you doing? Doing great. How are you doing? Ah, you know I'm fantastic. And from the Lair of Sword and Sorcery, wow, I almost sorceried that sorcery. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But this is Drink Spin Run, which is recorded in Michigan, which is suitable. You know, we, we use ours in this state. Uh, so, from the Lair of Sword and Sorcery blog <laughs> and zine, we have Mr. Ripley Stonebrook. Uh, howdy, Hello. Ripley. I'm so happy you're here, man. This is exciting for me. Uh, so, both of these guys, I mean, it. I mean, realistically, if we were just talking about, if we use DIY in the scope of just, hey, people make stuff for themselves, blah, blah, blah. I could have any, any old people on here. But I was really excited to have you two guys on here for uh, very specific reasons. Ripley, I love Lair and Sword and, of Sword and Sorcery because what you've done with that is, uh, in my in my mind, and I'm going to have you tell us a bit about the project in a moment. But mm-hmm. uh, in my mind, what you've done is you have uh, basically said, "Fuck it, I'm sick of not having the thing that I want," which to me feels like it's kind of like like a like a advanced hero questy, you know. Oh yeah, big time. And uh, and so I'm going to make it my damn self, you know. Uh, and I and I love that, Mike. Just like Ripley, you said this: the thing that I want to be the way that I want it to be that makes the most sense for my brain doesn't exist. Let us make it, and you know, and put it out there for other people to play with, right? And that's right. your hubris campaign. Um, I I have been a fan of hubris since I knew that hubris was a thing. 
um, <laughs> just through your blog, you know, um, through uh, like the classes that you've made for DCC and all of the content that you pushed out for that, because you you do stuff with it that um, goes beyond. Uh, just simple, like oh, let's make another rogue class, or let's make another, let's make dark elves. You know, like you, you, you go and you make it fun, you make it be the thing that you want it to be, and that to me is is really that's the essence, right? That's that's the essence of uh, of DIY gaming. So, Mike, I want you to talk for a minute about hubris, and I want you to talk about uh, about where you're going with it, how you've got to where you are. And and why this is a quintessentially DIY product, or will be? Oh, okay. Um, it it basically started. Uh, I I got tired of campaign settings. I was really wanting to run something, and was reading campaign setting after campaign setting. And you know, we we had mentioned it in part one. It was I, I kept getting this like authoritative feeling from a lot of these settings or I just felt like they weren't really useful um, it was just buckets and buckets of fluff that you're not going to remember at the table and it's not and the players don't care um, in in my opinion they, they really just don't and, you know you, you, you put put them up against something that kills their horse kills their friend whatever then they care but they're not going to care about anything else um, they don't names and deeds and, and so I was reading um Freeport, because people had really recommended that as a, a as a campaign setting, and I read the whole thing, and by the end, I, I like had blood piddling out of my nose because it's like three hundred pages of fluff, and and I was like, for me to use this at the table, I'm gonna have to take tons of notes, remember a whole bunch of names and locations, and it just did not interest me at all. Um, so I started kind of thinking about how I wanted to do things, and I had been seeing on the you know the DIY blogosphere, uh, you know, people coming up with t- tables and charts, and I've always liked tables and charts because it's it's you know that kind of random arbiter and everything. And so I started looking at designing, uh, you know, each location, and this is what I did: is each location has I, I created ten territories with Hubris, and each one has a D100 chart of locations. And then each one has a D100 charts of encounters. Um, and then I gave five or six locations that you could use if you want with a paragraph. And if I couldn't fit into a paragraph, it didn't need to be in the book. You know, and that's and that's it. And then each one I wrote five, three to five plot hooks. So you read a paragraph, there's three to five plot hooks to get your brain going. And then as you're exploring the territory – the way I designed it is you can use the book on the fly that, oh, they're going I'm on, I want to run Hubris as a hex crawl I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll an encounter or I'm going to roll a new location that they stumble upon. And that way you're not reading Hubris you could never read the book and actually play it, really. You just <laughs> open it up and be like oh, I like the name of this, I'm going to read the first top paragraph, oh, they come across you know, inbred uh, <laughs> plague doctors that serve I like how all twisted. you had to say was the word inbred and Don's <laughs> laughing. <laughs> that's my kind of game (laughs) well he's been my biggest you know supporters (laughs) so but i I really wanted it to be where everybody who like if you and don you know and uh, ripley all if all four of us ran our own hubris it would be completely different just by what could be generated in the book not just on the player interaction and uh you know the GM and, and whatnot, 
I wanted it to be useful at the table. That's also why I created like the shit ton of tables and charts that are in the book as well. Awesome. So. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely dig that. Um, I think that there's a degree of like authorial. Um, I mean, we talked about the the the. the I can't even remember the word I used earlier, but uh, mm-hmm. so I know authorial was in there, but I'm I, um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, shit getting drunk. Um, <laughs> the uh, every GM worth his salt is going to make everything his own anyway, right? And right. So uh, like, just go ahead and planning for that is a fantastic idea. I think. Well, that's what people are using their books for anyway. They're just cherry picking. So if you have a format that's made for cherry picking, that's awesome. Yeah, right. that's like that's that's, great. that's that's the holy it's grail for man. what they wanted. Yeah, and, yeah, it, yeah, right. That's what, I, and that's why I designed it that way. I also designed it with the idea of exactly that—that that not everyone's going to want to play in fucking hubris. Like it's a it's a miserable place, and it's death and destruction and fucking chaos and everything. So not everyone's going to want to play in it, but they may like the frozen wastes area that I created. They may like the flavor and whatnot, and they'll right. just pick, cherry pick that out of it. But I wanted to cherry pick it in a way uh, that they could use it at their game table, and they could play it with 5th edition, or they could play it with Dungeon World, or they could play it with Monster Hearts, you know, whatever. And, and, now that and I'd that. like to see. That, <laughs> that I'd like to see. I'm going to romance the, the in, inbred plague doctors. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, awesome. No, that's fantastic. Uh, are you familiar with Yoon Suen by, uh, I think it's Dave McGrogan? Yes, uh, and that is an awesome book. And that was... That seems to me like to be a kindred spirit to what you're doing with Hubris, you know? Yeah. Um, where nothing is set in stone, everything is kind of like stuff, and, you know, sort it out yourself, here's some tables, right. have fun. You know? And uh, to me, that's been, like, my, uh, like, benchmark for, like, a really fun... Uh, way to interact with a setting, you know, is here's some right. stuff. It's kind of like this. Have fun with it, you know. That's, right. That's, that's so cool. That's why. Yeah, I, I love his book. I, I, you know, and and also Matthew Adams. I love his art. Oh, so, so you know, um, I mean, talk shit about squiggle tits all you want. Squiggle tits is awesome. Yep. I love no. squiggle tits. I'm just gonna say, squiggle uh, tits. That's been that's been the major charge major charge that's been levied against Matt Adams' art is squiggle tits and I don't fucking get it. I I think his art is fantastic. Yeah, uh, he and I are here. He and I are talking. I'm I'm gonna my next big project is gonna be a, a hex crawl. It's got and this I'm, his art has this awesome like Ralph Steadman quality to it that like like I shit yeah Steadman hell yeah do it yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm talking with him about doing a lot of the art on my next project because I just I love his art so much. Ripley, um, I don't know how well the rest of the internet is paying attention to what you're doing because I don't understand what other people are seeing outside of myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't like, think a lot of people are seeing it. I so. don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. It's like it's so cool. Every time you post something, like I, I looked at it, I was like, oh, the art's awesome. Oh, it's the style. This is so cool. Tell us about Lair of Sword and Sorcery so that everybody at home knows what we're talking about and it's not just me going stupid about stuff. Yeah, well, it's... Uh... It's a basic game. It came out of uh, we were playing D and D three point five, and uh, it just got too much, too many rules, too many add-ons, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, on and on. And then we tried switching to a first edition, uh, which ended up being just as complicated. And then that sort of petered out. Uh, and then we just sort of broke up, and I went off to do something else. And just through looking through ancient white dwarfs and uh mm-hmm. dragon magazines i thought well i gotta make something new 
And that just sort of grew out of it. It it plays a lot like uh, at the time I was working on something called the uh, the Demon Board mm-hmm. that we were using for that first aid first edition AD and D game, uh, which if you've read the books, it's uh, just a piece of Bristol board with walls on it. And then I found some DMC miniatures online. Oh, DFC, the little uh, plastic demons that uh, you bought in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Everybody have those? I don't know those if I bought them in the nineties, but yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so I happened to find those. I threw them on there for like just for some fun, and uh, I was making up some little dungeons and trying to think of what my next D and D game would be. Ended up having uh, more fun with that little uh, Bristol board and the little toys than I did playing D and D. And I thought, well, you know what? Let's just turn this into a role playing game. And I just added barely enough rules, and uh, it turned it into a game. And I started grabbing people and forcing them to play it. And it, uh, it plays pretty much like we just have enough rules to get by and uh, grab the background from the AD&D game. And, uh, yeah, heavy sword and sorcery, like just pure Conan kind of stuff. Sweet. Because uh, uh, magic system was the hardest, so I just totally stripped that out. And actually, there's no magic in the game until this month when the sorcery issue came out. So talk for, talk for a minute about how you publish this, because I really dig how you've gone about uh, getting this out to the public. It's been really exciting to, for me, personally, to see something it's that... It's been weird. It's been weird. I was planning only doing... Um, I was watching game stores close everywhere. Yeah. And so I said, no, I'm not going to sell it online. I'm just going to sell it at the local game store. And then somebody emailed me... Somebody uh, about getting a copy, yeah. and so I, I sent who that guy one. was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Geez, well maybe I'll get a." Be- I hadn't sold a single copy at the game store by then, so then I decided to put them up online for sale for hard copy, uh, and uh, those were selling not so great. Like I think I've sold uh, four or five copies of each, uh, and then decided just to go pay what you want PDF because that's what everyone's doing. Uh, it started off being purely, I'm never going to sell this online, I'm going to be hardcore, old school, and now I've just completely embraced it in the past couple of months, I guess. The pay what you want went up a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, in that uh, comic book format that you mentioned, because comics are awesome. So good. It was actually, uh, <laughs> the first book was going to be, um, instead of reading rules, it was going to be a full comic book. Like nice. with panels and speech balloons saying things like, and you can go forward four squares. <laughs> like the old AD&D comic book ads, but nice. it didn't work out. It took too long to draw. I'll bet. But uh, yeah, that kept the format. It worked out pretty good. That's great, man. Um, and we do a lot of uh, a lot of DIY comics here in town. So That's great. Uh, I think like um, when, when we talk about your project, one of the things that I think a lot of folks are missing is just how DIY the actual like game is. Because when we say, oh, it's an RPG, it's a board game that became an RPG, or like it was like a like a hero questy kind of thing that became RPG, like it never got away from like the board, right? Um, no, the board is absolutely integral because that's the fun part. And the the like the the thing is that you don't realize until you get the first issue is is that the the first issue is about the fucking board and making yeah. it yourself, and uh, you're like saying, here, this is how I did the thing, you can go do the thing. And I'll point out that it's a decent 3D dungeon for people that don't use Lair. It's it's so good. <laughs> I'll just chill it a little bit there. It, yeah. it makes a pretty good 3D dungeon for uh, D&D. And it's not like it's like you're not like talking about, you know, hundreds of dollars worth of fucking dwarven forge components or some shit like that. Like you no, walk people through bucks. the process of like making like sponge like fucking stampers yeah, yeah. it's the like stamper technology is is an advanced and complex thing that involves carving up an eraser 
Seriously, I mean, I'm thinking about putting posting a YouTube video of me making one while watching Conan. You should totally. Make, do it only that, takes yeah. two hours. Or Thundar, you know, one oh, or the yeah. other. That's that would be great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, it's it's beautiful because what you've done is it's like it's part you know it's part RPG and it's part like craft session and that's that you could not li- you literally could not get more do it yourself than here fucking do it yourself you know like here's- oh the playtesting games were great there's all this cardboard and uh, construction paper and we got paints out and making our own miniatures it's great you, this is this, i'm trying to get everyone else involved in making their own miniatures joy. but they don't jump on board well okay so let's 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 um the thing that one, one of the big reasons that i wanted you here ripley for this conversation is like um, there are a lot of us who are involved in just like the 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 like RPG side of things, like the just RPG side. You know, there's a lot of us who exist in this conceptual, you know, brain space of you know, like oh, tables and you know, like like abstract combat, yada yada yada. Um, I want to say that one of the things I really admire about what you're doing is you've moved, like like we talk about you know, like thinking outside of the box. You're actually like getting kind of back to the box in a way you know like like oh yeah let's, let's i'd <laughs> love to do just like a throw throw like the board in a box and put it in toys r us for like 10 bucks <laughs> nice. that would be awesome with a bunch of toys yeah that's fantastic i love it i love it it just it like i said my heart swells like there's uh there's two rules there's the combat rules and there's the do what was it something other than attacking rule so if you want to do something other than attack you roll die and that's everything else <laughs> <laughs> It really doesn't limit people too much. No, I can imagine. So, so that's uh, we have a good time. Like I've had people that don't role play at all, and they they really like it because they don't have to you know worry about rules. They just jump right in. Right. Awesome. And wizards, sorcery, all that great stuff. Yeah, gotta the, have wizards. Uh, the, the magic rules are really different because uh, you don't do magic yourself. If you get the new issue, uh, it's. Everyone is a sorcerer who summons demons that have to do their dirty work for them. Hmm. Nice. It's mm. so very course, Elric, yeah, that's very... Uh, storm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very Stormbringer. And more like the older uh, sword and sorcery type of magic where nothing is nice and uh, you know they keep on turning on the sorcerer all the time. Don and I were just playing in a, a, an, a, a Stormbringer game where that was my shtick was the was the demon summoning and all that stuff. That yeah. was that was a lot of fun. That was a, it was it was fun to find creative ways to use like these crazy demons that I was summoning. Um, so let's talk for a minute about how um, about the DIY movement in gaming in general because I I am uh, willing to go out on a limb and state that DIY is actually the natural state of gaming. That's right. So I Absolutely. mean, I mean, from yeah. the moment we decide, you know, hey, let's play a game. You know, I mean, it, it, when there are no rules, like there, there are there, when the, we decide to play a game in absence of there being a game, at that point in time, um, you know, like that, like making it up is the natural state of affairs. When we're you know five years old playing pretend, that is the natural state of affairs. <laughs> you know, making up like no, no. I shot you dead when I when you were the robber and I was the cop because this thing happened. You know, like creating that context and those that sort of internal consistency that uh, that is the natural state of gaming, and that it, it feels to me that when we start um, trying to tell people that no, this is how this thing works because this is these are the rules, 
and that's the way you know the rules say always say it's going to be like this that we kind of do a disservice to um to that raw state of game um when I look at the difference, this is why I will never be a first edition guy, is because I fucking love OD&D, you know? Um, because when I look at OD&D, I see a rule set that tells me, you could do all this crazy shit! And then when I see AD&D, I see a rule set that says, no, you gotta do it exactly this fucking way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, that's the difference. OD&D was, it was doing it because nobody had fucking done it before. AD&D was like, hey, we've done it, and we're gonna tell you the way to do it. Uh, and to me, that's the difference. Um, I, I don't. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Anybody care to comment? Well, I think that's why everyone had so much fun when they were uh, younger teens and didn't understand any of the rules. Yeah, we really did just make it up as we went along. Right. Not because we wanted to, but because we just didn't know how to do it properly. Right. And that's why it seemed like it was always so much awesomer back then. Well, and you know, on that, I, I think that that the other thing going off that is that even if you made a bad call as a GM or whatever, except for the few temper tantrums and awkward moments nobody cared whereas as now we've you know as the industry's grown and time has gone on we've made it more complicated do you think it's the industry that's grown or do you think it's like the individuals because i I gotta say i think that like you're still gonna have you know 12 year olds who are you know finding like maybe they get in the pathfinder and maybe they get like like really turned on to you know that direction of gaming and they they can have fun and have imagination time now a 12 year old can't absorb like a full pathfinder game there is no there's not a lot of entry points for a 12 year old on their own without learning from someone else right like an older brother or something i don't know I, I gotta say I, I'm 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 like that weird guy who I did not learn from someone else. Um, there was no like older kid in the neighborhood who taught me how to game. Like I was the guy that I found out about the shit. I got mm-hmm. a copy of the Menser Red Box in you know at a oh garage that was sale a great somewhere. teaching tool for people right. And I got a copy. I of that was hoping it. that the new starter set was going to be like that nope. Menser Red Box. No, well with that little solo mission. Not even close, man. That, mm-hmm. I mean that yeah, Alina. My heart is broken. Uh, I know, eh? <laughs> she's oh, the cleric of my heart right there. <laughs> they uh, teach you right off the bat about party kills. Yes! Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Uh, and and Frank's a hell of a guy, too, i got to say. we got to get him mm-hmm. on the show sometime, Don. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, like, they need, like, a new red box, you know, for not just for any system, but any system at all, that just to get people into gaming in general, even if it was a completely standard system that wasn't connected to anything. Well, it's something the kid can pick up. Raji tried that with uh, the Lamentations uh, Grindhouse box. Um, I just wish that was more prevalent. It was easier to find. You know, you could still get it, <laughs> but uh, right because uh, he had the uh, the solo module in there, which is a fantastic you know learning tool, just like Uncle Frank intended. Yeah, but to yeah. find that in the first place, you know, yeah, I know yeah. you have to already be pretty deep into gaming already. You really do, and that's unfortunate. Um, it'd be well, nice. And, if then, that was... and then the Grindhouse edition. There's the whole. You're not going to give that to a 12 year old necessarily. No, no. <laughs> Although they'd probably love it. I totally. Oh love yeah, 12 year old Stan. <laughs> the thing is, there's nothing. I'm going to print that Stan a copy of than, it than there was on TV. Oh. <laughs> no, but but yeah, like I I think that I, I'll agree with you that that the the DIY is is intrinsic to what we do. The moment you pick up a book and decide to run. You, you have to create. So, I mean, like, I guess I'm confused about, like, this, and this is me being, you know, like, 
shitty, stodgy, like, uh, yes, of course, make everything yourself. Why do you need someone else's help? You know, kind of mm-hmm. guy. And yet, you know, of course, I drop tons of money on RPGs more than anything else, you know, mm-hmm. because I want to see what other people are making. Um, like, I, I, I don't even understand that other school of gaming where you're going to buy the Forgotten Realms box set, even though you have 20 other Forgotten Realms box sets, you know, because it's the new one. You know, um, it, it, I mean, I mean, how innovative can mainstream gaming be? I mean, uh, I, I am going to finally, I, it took me a season and two episodes to get to this point. Allow me to talk shit real quick about something that's supposed to have been innovative. Numenera is a steaming pile of crap. Um, it is, and I, I'm sorry if I make any enemies here with you guys. It is not innovative. The concept of a post- uh, post 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 apocalyptic um, you know super future where science happens again maybe magic is a thing you know I'm sorry this is not innovative this is stuff we see repeated again and again in you know Andre Norton in fucking Jack Vance you know Clark Ashton Smith all of the classic authors that Monty Cook doesn't even fucking mention you know who had this idea like decades and decades before he you know, decided to do anything, but because he's Monty fucking Cook, he can wipe his ass with any sheet of paper and, you know, publish that, and, you know, like, there you go, here's a million-selling fucking RPG. No, that's not innovative, it's just a rehash of shit that other people did before. And it's not even a good one, because you can rehash stuff, and it be interesting. Um, But that's to get to, like, the, the, the heart of mainstream gaming. Mainstream gaming to me seems to be, like, either it's rehashing stuff we've already seen, um, or it just tries to mimic stuff that's already in, like, the geekosphere. Like, stuff that's already in fandom. To, I hate that word, but, uh, you know, like, in, in a, a fandom somewhere. Um, if you look at, like, Margaret Weiss games, um, their Cortex Plus engine is actually really innovative. And it, to me, it's incredibly sad that they've, you know, tied it down to, um, you know, existing properties rather than go off and make something new. But they're a big company. They got to fucking pay the bills, so they got to pander and create things that are not innovative. Um, no, yeah, it's, it's Firefly, uh, Buffy, or you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly that. Yeah, they all seem. Yeah, they all are attached to film intellectual property. So I mean, I mean, and, and clearly nothing that's going to be you know someone else's IP is ever going to be innovative because someone literally already had that idea. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, is, I mean, is there, or, I could run around in there and do something really cool, though, if someone hands you it and says, okay, you're going to do your little bit of it. You, you could really make your part shine, you know? Well, do you mean you as an author? Or do you mean you as a player? You as an author, I mean. One would assume, I mean, however, you also have to assume that you've got, like, a degree of constraints. Like, you can do this, you can't do that. You've got, you know, like, um, you, you've got things you have to, to satisfy. You've got to do these things. You cannot do these other things. You know what I mean? Well, and, and I think, like, on that... Like with with using Margaret Weiss as an example, you have to make sure that the system you're creating is going to capture the feel of the the intellectual property. Otherwise, you're going to piss off the fan base that you're trying to milk. I like that we're we're already at you know cattle uh, <laughs> illusions. You know, hey, it's... Firefly cattle. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when you're coming at it from that already, it, it kind of constrains you in making something good in the first place once you're trying to do something to please someone else, like any other right. creative project, right? If you're yeah. not pleasing yourself to begin with, 
and then hope it's something good. So, I mean, that's that's also, I mean, good, uh, exactly right. I mean, that's a huge part, right? I mean, we're not making things, you know, for necessarily mass consumption. You know, we're making no. things for ourselves and then putting it out there for the like-minded folks, right? Right. I mean, like, imagine I'm... if uh, Wizards did a whole new world setting right now, like completely launched something crazy new for <gasps> D&D. No. They did? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Fuck yeah. Yes. Why are we like, you know, I mean, they did it they did it in fucking Otherwise, three point five, you know? I mean Eberron came from somewhere. I mean, you know, and say what you will about Eberron, because we will. Uh you know, I mean it they did it. They took a fucking chance, you know? Here's a major the major company at the time taking a chance on something that was completely unproven. Um why why don't we do that anymore? I mean I mean and realistically, I mean, clearly we've already we've already given the reasons why we don't do that anymore, right? I mean, it's it's risky. It's uh, you know we've got to ensure that we've got a certain amount of profit that we you know that we're satisfying but, you know investors that we're you know staying afloat in the marketplace, um, and that's really where the DIY movement really comes into its own. I feel you know because oh yeah, like we are the people making it because fuck you, I don't care, right? Yeah, like. Like, I can't, you know, kind of touching back on what you just said, one thing is I'll put something on my blog. You know, uh, I'll create a, a class or whatever. I'm creating it for me. Yeah. For my group. Because they may have been, in, oh, I wish I could have played this type of character. Okay, I'll write it up for you. Or because I liked it. You know, like, one, I remember I, I created for 5th edition. I created a warrior background for uh, Witch Hunter. And I was just like, oh, okay, I, I, you know, I always liked the Witch Hunter or whatever. I'll just go out there. And somebody just threw out this huge post to me, like, talking about how it was terrible and uh, it was overpowered here. And if I was ever going to publish it, I'm like, when am I going to publish yeah. something for 5th edition? <laughs> and, and, and I said, well, I guess it's a good thing I didn't make it for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and that's it. Like, I make everything that's on my blog, I make for me and I put up there. And that's also hubris. I made hubris for me. I made it because that's how I want to run my setting. I that's I, it's, it's brutal. It's weird. It's got horror in it. It's got like I make references to labyrinth in it, but I made it for me. If people don't like it, sorry. Um, on Kickstarter now. On Kickstarter now. There we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, uh, and, that, and that's what it's all about. It's the internet now can make everyone can do whatever they want. So right, you know, you don't. That, and it, people say it's cutting into a big part of uh, you know what wizards would be able to do if we weren't around getting some of that money. But well, I don't think them, that would make you know? any difference like, at all. Yeah, no, it's not making a difference. It's not making a dent at all. They're going to get the all. same people lining up to buy the same swill. You know whether there are people making you know like innovative content or not. Um, I will. I will. This is the the last anti mainstream. Uh, statement I want to make. I'm not going to say it is the last one I will make. But uh, uh, I, Will Wheaton recently did his, uh, he's doing his uh, Titan's Grave podcast, right? Snore. And, uh, and I don't know if you guys have watched any of it. Clearly Mike has seen some of it. Um, I will say that um, I watched probably 20 minutes and then I was really irritated because he has a very railroady way of GMing you know you're right. doing this, this I, is I was what actually this... really floored by that yeah 
Yeah, especially since he has like serious old school cred, and then he was like blew it all, you know, in like this railroady way of talking or gaming. So, um, I, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't go out of my way to say anything about that or anything, but I did read some comments, and someone someone made comment made mention of, hey, you know, he's he's got uh, he's got this railroady way of gming that's no fun, and I heard a bunch of people leap to Will's defense with this whole, well, he's trying to get people into gaming, so you know. Blah blah blah. You know he's got to he's got to do it this way because he's trying to get people into gaming. No, if you are trying to get people into a thing. Why show them the worst example of it? Mm-hmm. It just does not yeah. make sense to me. Um, so I don't know. That's the last the last anti mainstream thing I have to say is well, why yeah. are we showing people crap and saying yeah good times can be like that except more well, cool. It, it, it doesn't make sense to me. You know, and going to what you were saying is—is is that game? I was—I was not like I was thinking it was going to be anything spectacular either. But it was Numeria. It's a post-apocalyptic world of science and magic, again. You know, and 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 I bet I bet the part. It sounds like if you made it to twenty minutes, the part that I I was like I can't watch this anymore. It was they they went to a dance. They were at a, a bar. And someone was like, oh, I want to dance. And, and he rolled, and he goes, okay, well, here's what you do. And I'm like, why are you telling huh. him what he's doing? Holy. Yeah, it was not. like. So, yeah. But, all right, yeah, I'm done with that, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, let's just, let's. Wow. Let's stop making fun of things for two minutes, maybe. Uh, if we can go that long. I'm not positive. Speaking of making fun of, that Don Stroud. He is okay. one sexy man with a stupid He is. Haircut. He's very dapper. <laughs> stupid what? <laughs> haircut. Uh, what? This, I just cut it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep, keep it going, Backstreet Boy. It's good. <laughs> you got to frost those tips? Sorry, I can't help wow. myself. Uh, I, I love you, Don. You know I love wow. you. I'm just teasing you. Wow. Yeah. Too much um, angry baby. So, okay. <laughs> uh... Don, don't don't hurt me. <laughs> You're clearly stronger than I am. What? Um, <laughs> man, now I lost track making fun of Don. DIY. Okay, <laughs> yes. so like DIY. So one of the arguments that you hear a lot about the DIY movement is uh, well, one of the one of the things you do hear a lot about is um, there's there seems to be like like two different schools, uh, major schools. There's like the the story game school where you know you have folks making really innovative stuff like Nathan Pauletta's um you know uh like worldwide west wrestling worldwide wrestling you know which is built on the apocalypse engine you know you have that whole like like hey we're off here doing our own thing floating in space doing that and then you have like the OSR group of folks who um you know are tied up in the whole like retro claim retro game retro hack you know um movement um one of the things that it seems to be happening is um, is like aligning a- around certain rule sets. Like you see, there's a lot of apocalypse world hacks out right now. You know, you've got things like Tremulous, um, Worldwide Wrestling, Cartel. Uh, you know, all these you know apocalypse world engine based game dungeon world of course you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the same time, we've got so many you know OSR you know like different permutations you've got you know uh beyond the wall you've got uh white hack you've got um swords and wizardry all the different flavors of that assh um and and i think only some of those can be considered you know real like do diy 
elements, but the 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 concept seems to be um, let's the, there's like a lot of a lot of folks gravitating around similar rule sets so that we can do multiple different things like you know do your thing with these rule sets rather than like everybody has to make up their own rules for whatever. Yeah. And I was wondering if any of you had any thoughts about that matter, that situation. No. Um, I mean, whether or not we should keep on going back to the uh, I mean, the yeah. Roots, do you keep or? going back to the well? Do you make something new? Um, is there a point at which you know going back to the well is really just you know uh, just swallowing the same pill over and over again? You know. Well, even if you're just going back to the well, there's so much back there that people are still poking around and rediscovering now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. even if you're going, they're going back and digging up old zines that were printed. You know, oh hell after yeah, the box mm-hmm. that came, the first box that came out, and it hasn't seen the light of day, and it's whole different rule sets. Yeah. That were yeah. out long before first edition. Yeah, and <clears throat> but you know it's a uh, it's still a lot of stuff to be worked and over. Part of that might be like the, I mean this nostalgia we all have, you know, for. But what if we slap you know our own spin on it? Um, you know, it's like a weird mashup of do it your own way, but capture that nostalgia. Maybe I can't. I yeah. can't. Well, the way speak. I look at it, it's like a car, yeah. right? Like, if you want to have a role-playing game, you've got to have certain things in it at the bare bones. You know, you got to have wheels, you got to have a steering wheel, so you're going to need combat, you're going to need magic if you want it, you're going to need experience system. And if you boil it right down to its basics, what you got is the box set. So whenever you go down to basic, you're going to be basically looking at that. So no matter what you do, it's going to look like a clone, right? right? I don't know. I think there's some folks who get away from that. Um, I mean, if you look at the way that different, you know, rule sets evolve, you know, um, like I think one of the, I don't know if you, any of you guys here are RuneQuest guys, but um, one of the, the the cool things I think about the, the the big innovative things about RuneQuest is that it was designed to not work like D and D, and it very much. I mean, it's got some things that are similar. But they're really only like like surface level mm-hmm. things, you know. When you look at the actual engine of of stuff, you know, it had deviated so far from the way that D and D worked that at that point, you there's no way you could look at the two things and call them the same system, or you know, even see much ver- you know, derivation from one to another. Yeah, that's a slightly more advanced system than just basic, though. <laughs> Depending on how you look at it, yeah, that's more than just a few stats thrown on a character sheet. Yeah, well, right. I mean. Uh, I guess I'm not seeing that as being a big detriment to anything. Uh, oh no, no, it's definitely a good thing. <laughs> so, um, I mean, Mike, it seems like you had something to say that you wanted to say there. And oh, um, I was just going to say that you know, we with the DIY movement, like I'm not trying to. I mean, if I if I come up with something innovative and and whatnot, great, yay me, and I, I give myself a special pat on the back. But I'm I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel, you know. So it is just looking at what there is, and then how can I do what I want to do with that system. So it's more about like maybe developing a lingua franca, you know, where we're all speaking the same language, and we know like, hey, we've got these problems to kind of borrow from both you and Ripley. Like uh, right. we've got these problems already solved. Right. Let's move on and do something different from there. And you know, I mean. And, you know, to, I mean, to just throw it out there, you know, um, look at Constacon, all right, which happened because of this unilateral backbone 
of of the this old system and the DIY movement, mm-hmm. and and that was because of this, like you just said, this commonality in the in the language of the rules. You know, yes, there is bolts and pieces tacked on, and you, you you know, looking at the difference between limitations of Flame Princess versus Swords and Wizardry versus Labyrinth Lord, but you can pretty much open them, or even you know, White Star, yeah, you know, or beyond the wall, you could open them up and pretty much play them pretty simply with just skimming the rules because you right. already have that familiarity. Um, that's um, it. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> no, you're good? Okay. So let me ask you guys a question. Who's, uh, other than the assembled, you know, of course, luminaries here, <laughs> whose work, work are you looking at out there and saying, man, this is something I really like. I'm really excited to see where this goes. Actually, for me, uh, Last time I heard about Hubris was on the show a little while ago, so I was getting excited nice. about that before I got busy again. Very Yay, cool. me! So cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Thanks, it was It was the comment uh, about the uh, the characters uh, going into the city, but it was just so terrifying they had to go back into the wild. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was great. Nice. Yeah, that is awesome. That was like one of my... Fa- <laughs> I gotta say, that was one of my favorite episodes. You and Stacey D really made That was good. Yeah, really that, was, made that was my great. day. That was fun. So, yeah, um... I would I would say that uh, uh, David McGowan or McGrowan, McGrogan, yeah, from, yeah, McGrogan, uh, his stuff is fan fucking tastic. Um, he does some really killer stuff. Uh, and uh, just I to mean, mention again, that's the guy who does uh, Yoon Suen. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, fantastic stuff. What's the what's his blog? I can't remember. Uh, uh, mo- uh oh fuck, I'm. It's like Monsters and Manuals, is that it? Monsters and Manuals, that's yeah. it. I was going to say Monsters Soon from Pants, but that's uh, Scrap Princess. Right. Which um, is, who, who also, also fucking amazing. Also does yeah. fantastic, fantastic stuff in the DIY. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I know it's a, no need to say, but I'll say it anyway. Zach Smith does some great stuff for mm-hmm. the DIY movement, right. whether he rubs against you like barbed wire or not. Um, <laughs> I, you yeah. know, I'm going to say right now, uh, I love that he really fucking gets some people's goats within the same community. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan of potsters and shit kickers and, you know, in general. Um, I'm not going to say I don't, like, worship at the feet of the guy or anything. I love the fact that he makes enemies and friends everywhere he goes. That's, right, right. Yeah, great. no, he's he's definitely well-versed. <laughs> yeah, um, and both. But, yeah, and I, I mean, I like his work. Uh, I, res- I respect his work and everything, but, I mean, he definitely does, you know, he likes to poke the anthill sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, also, I, I think Trey Kazi, uh, he did some great stuff with his DIY, um, you know, and, and the way, and, and he did it, his his book, if you look at Strange Stars, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to plug him, even though he'll owe me a lot You're of totally money. You're totally going to plug him. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but that book, even though it doesn't have like a lot of charts and tables to help you do it yourself, it was meant to be like that guide where you open it and it gets your brain going. Right. And it's it's thirty six pages, you know. And so uh, I I think that you know those are just a few off the top of my head. Awesome. Oh, and myself, because you, know. you are one of the assembled huh? luminaries. You're not allowed to mention yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Don. Stroud. Yes. What about you, man? Mike Evans took almost everything I was going to say. That's yeah. great. Good. I, th- I think so. Make something else. I think up. we're like. I it. think we're like uh, dudes who like similar things. Yeah. Who'd have thought? Guys <sighs> on a gaming podcast are dudes who like similar things. <laughs> Never would have guessed. Weird. Yeah. Uh, well. Okay. So. Um, 
Yeah, you know, and I'll, I'll admit that a lot of the things I want to see, people have, you know, you guys have mentioned. There's a couple of things I want to stick out. I want to throw out there. Um, Warband. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it's a D&Dification. It's kind of like um, more d and version of uh, Small But Vicious Dog. Um, yeah. So Warband, freaking sweet. Um, it's... I, I think it's a. I can't remember. It's been a little while since I read it, but I think it's a like a Warhammer 40k done in you know BX D and D, which is awesome. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, I love that. I love that shit. Um, uh, to like kind of shift gears completely, Inquisimunda, uh, which is an a, 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 a like a a kit bashing of the Inquisitor rule set, the G- Games Workshop's Inquisitor rule set with uh, Necromunda. To basically make this all Warhammer 40k inclusive, um, you know, uh, uh, skirmish game, and yeah, that's that's. I mean, I'm not talking about OSR shit there, which is a good thing, right? Like, there's more DIY than just OSR. Yeah. While I love fucking uh-huh. everything you guys have mentioned so far, like there are there are other people out there that are making amazing things just uh-huh. for themselves and anybody else who decides to come along for the ride. Which is too fucking cool. Too cool, in my book. Uh, I think I just talked myself out of remembering what the rest of the things I'm, I'm really excited about are. Or the other, the other folks who I really appreciate. Um, but yeah, Dave McGrogan, fantastic. Uh, Scrap Princess and Patrick Stewart, freaking amazing. Um, uh, Christian Maerstrom, I mentioned him earlier with White Hack. That's fantastic. And you guys know that you know I'm a I'm a big fan of delving deeper and those other like stripped down basic rule sets, but not so much because the rule sets are so fantastic, but what you can do with them because they are that lingua franca. Um, on that topic, what do you guys want to see come out of the DIY movement next? Like, what's the next thing that you want to you really want to see people move towards? I would like to, uh, this is just rehashing, um, this is just stuff that I like. I, I want to see more, like, hex crawls and, like, you know, some of these uh, space hex crawls that are coming out for White Star are really, uh, I want to see more of that. Like, it's really, I just want to know more about that. I want to see yep. what they're doing on a, on a sci-fi level. And that might be because I haven't really played a lot of sci-fi stuff. Traveler, my friend. Traveler. Mark wants to run it. Let's let him. All right. Micah Ripley, what are you guys looking for? Um, I'll, I'll let Ripley go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting really into uh, old school uh, sword and sorcery, of course. Uh-huh. So I want to see lots and lots more of that. Because even though I'm not playing anyone else's systems, I love when they're publishing stuff for it, because right. then I can steal it. <laughs> Well, and that's that's something my own game, Cause, and it gets everyone talking about the genre in general, which there, is great. And there are some things that have been uh, that have been some big in the, uh, you know, that recently have been funded or whatever. Because there was uh, the the new edition of Bar- Barbarians of Lemuria, Lemuria, yeah, or whatever that's Excellent called. Um, yep. a new, there, there's a new Conan RPG coming from Modiphius, uh, which better fucking be actual sword and sorcery and not any of this lame well, we'll attempts see. at it. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, Hyperborea. See, the thing with the old Conan stuff is that if you look at it... Into... Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> the old Conan stuff, if you sat down and said, I'm going to do old Conan stuff, 
you're going to have a game that it's just not going to really fit in with today's culture. No. You know, you're going to hit a lot of triggers and things like that if you try to play too old schooly. Let's just make a game um, called Trigger Warning. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, just no. the nature of the of the writing itself is just if you go too old school like that, you got to you got to mix it up a little bit. Go on, sorry. No, no, don't apologize for anything. What are you talking about? It's crazy. Uh yeah, I'm with you. You just said stuff that I agree with. <laughs> I got nothing. Um, and plus, if you get into the magic system the same way, you know, if you, uh, you know, your, if your personal sorcerer is supposed to be running around doing a bunch of sacrifices, you know, it might get a bit touchy for the uh, the players after Arcosa. a short period of time. <laughs> well, Unless yeah, you DIY it. I mean, course. there's the whole that, but that's the whole point of like things like you know DCC is you know capturing that whole you know appendix and you know like magic is bad is going to fuck you up eventually. Kind right. Of thing, I, I think they did wonderful. beautiful on that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, luckily we don't have to worry about focus groups and uh, parent groups. It is yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd be doomed. <laughs> um, I, I think for myself, and I don't think I have an answer. This sucks. I came up with a question I don't have an answer for. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll be honest. I would like to see um, more of a bridging of the gap between like the two huge, you know, DIY contingents. You know, I mean, this is a group that tends to skew like at our viewers just tend to sc- or listeners or and guests and me and Don tend to skew more towards um, you know the old school gamers. You know, we tend to be more OSRE folks, um, and we tend to be less you know story game friendly. Realistically, I'd like to see stuff that more blurs the line. And I think that that's a point where things like that so much stuff like that uh, that's coming out now it, it, it is starting to blur that line. Um, uh, when I look at something like you know, I mentioned Jason Lutz's uh, uh, Perilous Wilds in, my la- in the last episode, at the same time as he came out with that, he came out with free free bo- ah, free booters on the frontier, which is an attempt at like rooting you know Dungeon World style gameplay in you know, more old school aesthetic. That is perfect to me. That's what I want to see. I want to see more of that line getting blurred. Um, I want to see more things that, uh, that, you know, ask me to think with both halves of my brain and not one or the other. Like, yes, I want to have the objective logic of this is how I'm going to disarm this trap exactly, you know, that, that those of us who are really into old school gaming, you know, can have, you know, right? I mean, like, oh, I checked the seams with a knife for, you know, for trap triggers, blah, 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 things like that, right? That, that those of us on the really seriously old school side can really get into. But at the same time, like a little bit of the um, like the, the narrative mechanics of, of something like these uh, like the story games and you know I don't worship at either temple you know what I'm saying uh, and, and so I don't really care about the, the the holy gospel from either you know point of view you know what I'm saying so that's that's uh-huh. what it, where what I want to see is let's blur, blur those fucking lines even more make the shit you want to play yeah man it doesn't matter what you play as long as you're having fun absolutely <clears throat> so For- Go for it. But, but well, for me, I was gonna say like a yeah. I, I would like to see more, and I'm, I'm hoping with like I said, the next project coming to do, I, I can at least maybe do something. But uh, I would like to see more innovative um, modules. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I find a lot of modules, and I'll read them, and maybe again farm for ideas. But again, I, I find most modules not to be very useful at the table. Um, but like scenic gunsmen. Is amazing. It's I was hoping you're going to mention that that and Thulian Echoes. Oh yeah, I no. have not read that one. Oh, so that's good. cool. But 
Scenic Dunsmith is you do your prep, and yes, you have to do some prep up front by doing the cards, but it's fun, and you could run it for several groups, and it's different every time. Yeah, and oh, that's cool. That's fucking awesome. And I, and I think and I think they nailed that one out of the park. That was a Zarkov, wasn't it? Yeah, as was Thulian Echoes. Uh, I think that guy's coming out with some of the most you know interesting mechanics out there. Like like just you know he's fucking with structure. That's fantastic. Let's do that. Let's fuck yeah. with structure. Let's fuck with form. Let's 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 turn things in, inside out because I mean innovation is not going to happen. You know, in a company that's you know got to kick out you know a hardbound release every month or two in order right. to keep the lights on you know it's going to happen and with folks who like with folks like us with folks like Zarkov with folks like you know Job and Harley and all those guys who are just doing new and unusual stuff that's great right oh yeah well not to pimp Harley too much but like his purple planet Perils of the Purple Planet that's an awesome hex call for DCC mm-hmm. that one was another one that had some good innovation and it had a lot of fun in it so I like that. That's what I would like to see more with the DIY is new things that you can run modules at the table and they're not just, you know, paragraphs of, of backstory. Yeah, this guy killed this guy's grandmother and like, 300 yeah, like, years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You need a special screen just for that module alone. And oh, no, you got to no. keep track of all this info. And if you miss one part, none of the rest is going to work. Yeah. Uh, Shadowrun was horrible about that. Like, I actually, I love Bug City and I love the Universal Brotherhood. Those are great modules, but they're unusable because it's just, it's like 38 pages of fluff. Yeah. And the more fluff they throw in, the, the more railroady it gets just because right. you don't want to make sure that you're going to use that stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. You, you read know? it for a reason. They wrote it for a reason. <laughs> it's going to get fucking used, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like the stuff I'm cranking out now, I'm just using templates so I can throw down like a layer in about 30 minutes. Nice. And I just crank out page after page after page of those, link them together with a story, and I can throw any part out without having to really worry about it at all. It'll get grabbed and thrown in another spot, no problem. Well, that's another that's that's another big fe- feature of you know this DIY movement, right? Is is yeah, immediate u- immediate usability, right? The oh, fact oh, that yeah. we don't have to like you know it doesn't take a shit ton of reading to you know to to get you from point A to fucking at the table. Let's play right now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah, uh, especially with the the huge amount of tables for everything, you want to run an adventure. You can have an adventure set up in minutes, right? Yep. And plus, it's more conducive to you know just seat of your pants jamming, right? Yeah, right. Well, and the players are going to fuck with it the moment they open their mouths. So your carefully crafted story is gone the moment the players go, I kill it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The the perfect game is never run, you know. Right. (laughs) It's it's perfect right up until it gets to the table. Perfect game (laughs) is every time I fucking run a game. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, So, guys, we've come to the end of yet another awesome hour of us all hanging out and having a great time. Uh, And so... I, while I feel like we've we've done this topic service, um, I and granted we're never gonna. This is a co- topic we're never gonna like. There's not consensus to be reached. There's not a conclusion to be had. And uh, I'm I'm very glad to be talking to you, gents, about it. Um, however, it's time Uh-oh. for our third rail Uh-oh. of gaming. 
Are we All ready? right. Yeah. So um, for those not familiar, what we try to do is um, at the end of the second half or the second episode, the conversation episode, the roundtable episode, um, I like to throw a question out at folks um, that's a bit of a pot stirrer question, uh, you know, a shit kicker question. So, um, so here we go. Mike Evans, what's the worst thing to come out of mainstream gaming in the last decade? <laughs> fourth edition for me fourth edition okay all right fourth edition fourth. dungeons and dragons all right uh ripley what do you got oh man i'd say the same that was t- <laughs> <laughs> that that was what got me out of gaming for so 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 long so long so very very long because awesome. i'd skipped over third and then was thinking about getting back in and fourth and didn't get back in until many years later when someone said we're going to go back to 3.5 and right. that's when i got back in again that that was harsh yeah. Um, that oh, and the Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay that that other edition that came the out third with all edition. The uh, Remember that? Yeah, that came in the box with the envelopes. Yeah, that was the devil. Times, I forgot about that. No, times. that's that's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Don, how about you? Um, <clears throat> I don't. That's the wrong answer. No, I don't think I don't think I have. I mean, yeah. Come on, your least favorite. What did you What did you see? You're like, what the fuck are they? Well, thinking? yeah. I mean, of course, fourth. It's like, wow, this isn't what I'm because I went from first and I was started, you know, reading fourth. I'm like, wow, this isn't D and D. It's chess. But I don't, you know, pe- people enjoy <laughs> it. You know, people enjoy that. I like chess. I'm going to tell you, I'll play chess. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to smack. I don't want to crap on anyone's fun. As stupid as it is. That is our job, though, is crapping. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's right. the whole question. Whose fun do you want to crap on, Don? And I got, I mean, yeah. I mean, I tried to roll a uh, character up in Pathfinder, and that was kind of a pain in the butt and took five hours. And mm-hmm. I don't want to be a gunfighter. Anyway, so, yeah, I hate, <laughs> I hate it all. I don't even play games, bro. <laughs> I love you, Don. <laughs> How about look at him get all defiant? How about your uh, your answer to this? You know, I, I'm, uh, I have no idea. Like Numenera, I, honestly, you know. I see a lot of merit in a lot well, yeah. of stuff. Uh, like I even enjoyed f- fourth edition. Like I, I just burned out on it. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I can make a fun fourth edition game. It just takes a lot of work yeah. and it does burn you out. So I'm not, I'm not even gonna shit talk on fourth edition because it can be fun. Um, it's all about hitting its aesthetic, hitting its points, hitting its marks, you know, like just making it be about the fun part of that edition. Uh, well, if you don't worry about all the overhead and experience and you're not worried about your I fucking love that part. Up when no, no, that shit's fun. <laughs> I love that part. I love the bu- I love the bookkeeping in games. Like, like I know that sounds crazy, but I love it. I, d- I do. Um, like, I do extra bookkeeping in my games to make everything versimilitudinous. Uh, <laughs> I remember I was like that a lot back in high school oh, when God. we all used to play. We used to all be like that for a long, long time. But I think we just burned out of it, you know. I'm looking around and I don't have a good answer. Like, uh, why would it be in your shelves if you didn't yeah. like it? I mean, you are always complaining about Numenera. Wouldn't that be your answer? But, but, but no, because even then, uh, like, I don't think that's completely horrible. I think it could be done in an interesting fashion by the right DM. I don't feel it's written that way. Uh, I'm looking at my shelves. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the worst fucking decision I know of in in uh, in in games. Uh, like the thing that makes me like irritated more than anything else is 
What the fuck is with the Forgotten Realms? Why the fuck do people care? Why is that getting like attached to every goddamn edition? I liked Fourth Edition until they started, you know, tying everything to for- to to uh, to like Forgotten Realms, like that ne- Neverwinter shit that came out. Was like this is fucking useless. This is dumb as hell. Fifth uh, Edition, they're tying the whole thing to, to Forgotten Realms. That is like the worst goddamn setting. It, it's such ah, and it's, it's so, so bloated now. It's not usable well you know and, and there's a lot of like diehard fourth or like uh forgotten realms fan who are like they hate all the changes that fourth edition did to it. it's like oh 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 you know what they actually tried to make it interesting instead of like worthless rehash of the same fucking gandalf bullshit you've been swallowing for decades like and then and then you brought it back in fourth or fifth edition to make it gandalfy again like seriously fuck hey, um, this hey hey Adam, why don't you why don't you tell it. us how you really feel i will always tell you how i feel <laughs> I will always tell you how I feel. Uh, so that's that's my strongest opinion about shit that sucks. <laughs> okay, is... I like by the way how he's like, oh, I don't know, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And then sudden fury, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Don makes fun of me for like saying I had to look around here to figure something out. I saw like the first Forgotten Realms box, or sorry, it's the second edition box Forgotten Realms box set up yeah. there, but it has the first edition Forgotten Realms box set in the second edition box as well. So it's like two editions worth of shit. So, but it's up there. It exists. I don't know. Hey, thanks for being here, guys. It was great. <laughs> no talking problem. To you. Thank you, Ripley. It was nice to get to talk to you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. You're yeah. an awesome guy, Ripley. You're definitely welcome back on the show anytime you want to. Oh, definitely, man, definitely. Us. So next but, time I might be able to drink beer. Yeah, next time yeah. you won't be diseased and, mal- and disfigured. It'll be great. That's right. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just normally disfigured, so it'll just make everybody suffer <laughs> through it. It's good. Uh, Mike Evans, hubris, Kickstarter. Everybody, get on it. It's uh, as long as everything that we said is the kind of stuff you want right. to see, right? Yeah. Is don't it? don't go to don't go to Kickstarter to kick for hubris because you're expecting Forgotten Realms. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're not gonna get it. If you don't like tables, don't buy hubris, right? Yeah. If you if you want shit that'll give you cool ideas, that's what hubris is for, right? If you have if you don't have problem with one of the gods being a dead baby, you know. And if you do, maybe you should. Maybe you should. Maybe buy you should it. still. If you can become it. acclimated to that idea, you know. <laughs> maybe you should learn to push yourself beyond your your shallow, you know, comfort preconceptions bubble. of. Yeah, exactly. Let's go outside of our comfort zones. We didn't even talk about comfort zones. That would have been a whole great topic next time. Next mm-hmm. time. <laughs> Don. Sterling. All right, guys. Yep. Good night, everybody. Don. Yeah. It's awesome podcasting with you. You're my best podcasting That's- bud. That's and, uh, weird because I hardly do anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a weird episode. I have a horrible. Yeah, you're awesome support. Yeah, That's all yeah. I'm saying. You're great. I love you. I you're love like an you. underwire bra, dude. Yeah. Keeping me. You're lifting and separating. Yeah, I'd lift. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the wind. All right, your wings. You, you're, yeah. Remind me to tell you a story about that later. All right. Uh, folks have a wonderful evening to all of our viewers at home listeners at home you gorgeous listeners thanks for joining us this has been drinks from and run have a wonderful evening adios everybody Later. later thanks for listening to this episode of drinks spin run if you like what you've heard share us with your friends leave us an itunes review or email us at dsr at kickassistan.net you can also support us at patreon.com slash dsrcast 
Our theme music was generously provided by the band Blue Snaggletooth, who you can find at bluesnaggletooth.bandcamp.com. Once again, thanks for listening, and we hope you join us next time, you gorgeous listeners. 